Can you hear this? <laughs> Wait. 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 Put that thing away, you're gonna get us all killed! Look at the size of that thing. I can't. It's too big. Sorry, sweetheart. I ain't got time for anything else. I know you wanna. I know you wanna. I know you wanna. Um, hi guys and welcome back to another episode or if this is your first time, welcome to Just The Tip Podcast. I am your host, Georgia. I'm very sick today, so bear with me. Um, you can follow all the socials at Just The Tip Pod and you can follow me um, at Coco underscore abroad on Twitter. This week I have an amazing guest with me and I'm trying to not be a fangirl because I am a fangirl, but um, I'm, I'm going to let my guest introduce herself. Hello. Hi, I'm Girl on the Net and I'm <laughs> delighted to be here and chatting to you. <laughs> I'm yes. also, I'm never sure what to say when people say they're fangirls because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm just blushing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so thank you so, so much for joining me today. Um, it's It's a bit surreal that A, you even said yes, and B, that we're having this very sexy conversation. No so, problem. Well, thank, thanks for inviting me on. Always enjoy having a chat about sex. My favourite thing. <laughs> Good. So um, the way that the pod normally starts is is I have three icebreakers for all of my guests. So the first one for you is now I read one of your blogs in April that you had squirted for the first time. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I wanted to know if you've been able to squirt again since then. Do you know, I haven't. Although I've had a couple, like I've always occasionally had this kind of like gushing moments yeah. where I go I don't know if I squirted but I know that there's quite a lot of fluid down there yeah um, so I've had a couple of those but that was the first and so far only time only where time. I've had a sort of a fire hose <laughs> as it were <laughs> okay fair enough um my second icebreaker is what is your favorite type of sex toy to use <gasps> Oh God, that's such a difficult question. I have, I have a huge. Um, I mean, I basically, I have not like a massive collection of toys. Yeah. But uh, there are a few where I have like quite a few different varieties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like masturbators. Yeah. Um, basically anything kind of soft and squishy that you can wrap around a dick. Um, I've got. I think probably of all the sex toys I've got, those are the ones I have the most of. Yeah. Um, just because I really love. Like I've I've never been particularly confident with hand jobs because I always think well my partner could do it always do it better himself yeah, yeah. than I could do it uh, so I'm more of a blowjob kind of person but with masturbators you get so many different like textures and feelings inside them and uh, you get some with vibrations in and some mm. that are just plain and so I quite I, I would say probably masturbators are my favourite to use on other people okay um for sure so yeah I'm gonna go with masturbators masturbators okay that's cool. <laughs> And then the third one is, do you need a safe word? So everybody gets the chance to have a safe word in case I get a bit too deep or, or ask a question that you don't want to answer. Oh, oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I, I tell you what, when I'm, my partner and I, we don't really use a safe word. Yeah. Although we have occasionally been known to shout safe words <laughs> during certain situations if we're like, I'm not sure how to say this. I'm not sure how to say this. Or like if he's talking about something in the pub or like, we're, we're, I don't know, talking to people in the pub who I don't really want to talk to. I might yeah. text him the word, safe words, so that we can go home 
So let's just go with the word safe word. Safe word. Okay, cool. Okay, so um, I kind of wanted you to like explain how Girl on the Net came about. So more for um, my listeners who might not be aware of you as of yet. Um, yeah, so just to kind of explain how Girl on the Net was born and um, why you chose to do it, why you still do it now and yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, so Girl on the Net, I started uh, girlonthenet.com, which is my sex blog, back in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually September 2011. So this month is my two, uh, seven year blogging anniversary. Oh, so I've been doing it for seven amazing. years, um, which makes me feel incredibly long in the tooth. <laughs> um, so I started it when I first started it. Um, basically, I'd, I'd recently or fairly recently split up with um, an ex-partner yeah. um, and I'd started dating again and um, seeing lots more guys and having more sex and experiencing the dating scene in a way that I never had before because yeah. I'd been in quite a long-term relationship. Um, and my partner and I, my previous partner and I had been quite kinky and explored lots of different things from sort of going to porn cinemas and uh, wanking each other off in porn cinemas, which yeah. was quite fun, um, to sort of fetish clubs, um play parties that kind of thing yeah um and so with him I think I learned a lot more about my sexuality and the kind of things I enjoyed Mm -hmm. and then I sort of launched into the dating scene and was suddenly like oh god now I have to communicate about this with lots of different people yeah um and I'd always wanted to write about sex and my ex and I had sort of used to send each other filthy emails and we toyed with the idea of starting a sex blog together Mm -hmm. um but in the end he was like oh it's just not for me because I think I'd you know struggle a bit with the anonymity thing so when we split up I asked him if he'd mind me doing it on my own and could could I have permission to share some of our stories um and he said yes and I was like okay let's give this a go actually I think I've always been kind of really interested in sex and uh obviously very keen on it it was a nice outlet to be able to blog about it rather than just boring my friends with the same old stories over and over again I thought (laughs) I'll uh start the blog amazing um sex cinemas oh yeah well so this was it was actually it was in london it's closed down now sadly Um, i know (laughs) it was really gutting i mean it was quite a it was quite an intense experience but it was a porn cinema um i think it was it was in soho somewhere i can't remember what it was called um but um it was a porn cinema in soho and we went along one afternoon because we thought oh that sounds fun yeah um and uh, I remember being really quite surprised and a little bit offended that he had to pay to get in, but I got in for free. Uh. <laughs> um, but then when we went in, it was it was mostly just some guys watching porn and wanking. And so we went in and had a seat and watched porn, had a wank. And, wanked, and then yeah. uh, some of the guys came over to play with us as well, which was lovely. Oh my God, damn it. Why is that closed? apparently someone tried to start a new one recently I'm not sure where it was but someone wrote a Vice article about it but that got shut down quite quickly as well because you know turns too quickly into a sex den and then authorities get worried (sighs) and upset about it damn okay I'm gonna look into maybe starting one like why not (laughs) that sounds (laughs) incredible I'd love love for there to be more of them and ones where like it's uh, an atmosphere where all genders are welcome yeah I'd, I'd love to go to a kind of an inclusive porn yeah. cinema would be great mm, amazing okay and then um why did you choose to be anonymous like it might sound like a very easy thing to answer but like why uh, yeah no I think it's a it's a really good question um because 
basically so these days there are fewer sex bloggers who are anonymous yeah um and it's it's quite interesting. So basically, I picked I chose to be anonymous because at the time I started blogging, I had a job that was um, quite controlling over people's social media presence. Okay. So there were clauses in contracts that you know you shouldn't bring the company into disrepute by the yeah. kind of things you said on social media. Um, and although technically I don't think sex should really fall under that category because the company had nothing to do with sex yeah. and my sex life shouldn't really have been any of their business yeah. um it would have been um difficult for me at my current job i could potentially have got um either told to shut the blog down or oh, wow. asked to leave my job okay. um so i stayed anonymous then but then as i've continued doing it there have been lots and lots more reasons that have come up that have made me think i, I did make the right decision yeah so partly um anonymity for my partners and the people that I've slept with yeah it's much easier for people to say oh yes you can share this story about the time we shagged if I'm not identifying them by name yeah because again you know they might have jobs like that um but um but yeah I mean I, I think now as I'm a bit as I've been blogging for a lot longer um I think I'm probably less um bothered about the anonymity thing like if I was starting a blog today yeah I probably wouldn't necessarily choose to be anonymous, okay. but the anonymity has given me freedom to share some things that I just don't think I'd have been brave enough to share if it was under my real yeah, name. Yeah, of course. Um, but you... an interesting, Sorry, interesting fact about sex blogger anonymity. Um, I've been, so last year and the year before, um, I worked with uh, Molly from Molly's Daily Kiss yeah. and uh, Michael Knight, who works with her on that, um, to run Eroticon, which is the conference for sex bloggers in the yeah. UK. And each year we ask people when they come into the conference to choose a lanyard. Uh, so red is anonymous, which means, you know, you don't want people taking photos of you or you and you blog under a, a different name. Yeah. And then a black lanyard for, you know, you're happy to be uh, not anonymous, to be in photos and things. And up until a couple of years ago, we always uh, gave out more red lanyards than black lanyards. Yeah. So most bloggers were choosing anonymity. Whereas recently, we've actually had a massive increase in the number of bloggers who are choosing the black lanyards. So they're saying, I'm happy to be photographed. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about sex under my real name. Um, and I think that's generally a really positive thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, which I know sounds bad because I am anonymous. But <laughs> I think it's great that, that lots more people, maybe it's that workplaces don't care as much about it or just that people are much uh, braver yeah. to share stuff under their real yeah. names. Um, so when you have blogged about previous partners, do you always tell them or do they ever like come across an article and think, I feel like, I feel like that's me. Like, <laughs> does anyone ever figure it out? Uh, I So... Uh, good question. Basically, all the ones who I have written about since I started blogging. So basically, people who I've slept with since I sort of started the blog yeah. became Girl on the Net. Yeah. Um, know that that is who they are. Okay. Um, and there are a kind of a few significant um, ex-partners who I've spoken to about stuff and said, you know, are you happy for me to write about you? Basically, it's usually the ones for whom, like, if I ever got outed, I wouldn't want them to feel like, you know, I'd written about them without their permission. Yeah. Um, but then there are quite a few people on the blog, like, who are so anonymised that no one would ever guess who they were. Yeah. Um, and no, I haven't asked permission from all of them. Um, my general rule is that if I write something, like if I'm writing a sex story about someone 
um, or about the sex that we had. Uh, I want to write it in a way that if they came across it, a, they wouldn't feel like they'd been exposed. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's been anonymized to the point where no one would know it was them. But B, I want them to read it and feel positive about the sex that we had. Because yeah, yeah. even if, you know, they might have screwed me over later down the line or we might have had an argument or, you know, something bad might have happened, I want to write the story in a way, in a positive way, sort of summing up all the lust that I felt at the time. Yeah. Even if, you know, later on we didn't keep in touch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and you're in a relationship now, right? Yes, yeah. And I'm guessing your your partner is completely a-okay with them being in the blog as well, like now and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And he's actually, I mean, it's sort of gone from when I first started, I first started dating him actually around about the time I started the blog. Okay. So we were sort of dating a bit on and off while I was, uh, well, also sort of seeing other people and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we live together and we have a house together. And uh, my second book that I wrote is almost exclusively about him. So okay. he's been very generous in letting me share a lot about him okay. in my work. Because I guess without that, I wouldn't have that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be able to talk about that much because he is the vast majority of my sex life at the moment. That is very, very cool. That's very cool. And then, so what is life as a sex blogger like? Because I think a lot of people probably just think it's just the case of just having a lot of sex with like loads of different people. So that's why like I, I kind of wanted to touch on, on the fact that you are in a relationship. Um, but yeah, like what's life like? Yeah, so um yeah, it's a good question. I think a lot of a lot of people do assume that if you're a sex blogger, you firstly you're very kinky, yeah. you're probably polyamorous uh, or you know open in some way and you sleep with lots of different people. Um and you spend a lot of your time testing sex toys. Yeah. Um and I think uh although I am very kinky, the other two aren't really true of me. Um I'm in a mostly monogamous relationship, although we do sometimes sleep with other people together. Okay. Um and I don't really test that many sex toys, to be honest, because mm-hmm. some of my other blogging colleagues do it really well. So for me, sex blogging is a lot of it involves sitting at a screen, staring at a blank page and thinking, oh, God, I've got to write something by <laughs> Sunday. Oh, I don't know what to talk about. Um, so, yeah, I think it, there's there's something very, very different between sex blogging as a sort of a hobby which is what I was doing for the first three years yeah. and sex blogging as a job which is what I do now um and when it was a hobby it was that kind of you know you have a particularly hot shag and you go oh god I've got to write about this yeah. I've got a great angle for this I can write this up as a beautiful story whereas now that it's my job I am constantly looking for right what can we do what can we try um what uh, are there are there any interesting ways I can write about this thing yeah. that haven't been done to death like a million times already? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always the danger, I think, when you're sex blogging that sex starts to feel a little bit like a chore. Yeah. Um, and I'm lucky in that it rarely feels like that for me. I think just because my partner and I are both quite highly sexual anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's less about you know having to have homework sex than it is <laughs> having to think of how to write up the sex that we had Bad. yeah yeah um but yeah but I mean to give you to give you an example I have today taken delivery of this amazing like 
uh, it's a sex toy that looks like a saddle and you sit on it and it vibrates a bit like a Sibian, <gasps> but uh, it's called the cowgirl. Oh. Um, and basically you sit on this saddle and you ride it and it's got lots of different attachments. Um, and it was sent to me by an American company called She Vibe. Yeah. Um, because basically I was chatting to them about it and I said I'd always wanted one. They were like, oh, we'll send it to you. So the great thing about being a sex blogger is sometimes people send you amazing stuff for yeah. free. And then I'll get to spend basically the whole of my Saturday night having lots of different oh. sex on it in lots of different ways. And then the whole of Sunday staring at a blank page as I try and work out how to write how, it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to act like I'm not jealous at all, but I 100% am. Um, They look amazing um so i kind of wanted to touch on what you had said in terms of having sex with other people mm. is that in the relationship or separate from yeah. each other yeah like am i making sense yeah so um, i'll i'll tread a little bit carefully around this because i haven't written about much of it okay, yet okay, sure. um because uh, basically just because i haven't properly got permission from the people yeah. involved but we have a few friends who we see uh, who we hang out with a lot and you know have a lot of fun with yeah. um on quite a regular basis and occasionally we will have evenings where we all sort of uh hang out do a bit of sexy play um but it's always i mean for me one of the things we sort of discussed having a more open relationship where like he could go off and shag people or i could go off and shag people yeah for me it's more fun if we're doing it together yeah it feels like we're having sexy adventures together and especially when it's adventures with friends of ours who we really really love um it just feels there's a lot of closeness there that I really like um and I'm not sure that at the moment I would be as excited about just going off on my own and having those adventures yeah but maybe one day um it's definitely it's an option on the table for um if we do feel like doing that later down the line we're quite good at talking about this stuff that's that's very cool um and then i also know that you do audio porn well i've listened to your audio porn um oh, yes um i'm again i'm a huge fan also this is gonna sound so weird but i love the way that you say the word cunt so, <laughs> cunt yes <laughs> there's just something about the way that you say it it's it's very sexy for a word that isn't seen as a sexy word um, oh yeah, it's it's one of my favourite words, and I I enjoy using it in a sexy context. Yeah, because there's that like, I I mean like my vagina just doesn't sound as hot as my cunt. Yeah, I think yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Um, so how did that come about? Because I hadn't heard of of audio porn before until I'd seen it on your site. So ah uh, yeah, so it was actually I was reading an article. Uh, there was an article by Paris Lees, who is a brilliant journalist, mm-hmm. um, talking about, um, essentially talking about the rise in audio porn on the internet. Yeah. Um, because, obviously, when people think of porn, usually they're thinking of the kind of the big tube sites like YouPorn and Pornhub. Yeah. Um, but Paris Lees wrote this brilliant article where she interviewed um, people with visual impairments about uh, audio porn and what was and wasn't available. Yeah. And it sounded like there was quite a gap in the market for porn for people uh with visual impairment so either porn where there it's the sounds of people having sex or porn which is more like mine where it's people reading erotica aloud or telling erotic stories um and i thought i've i had a couple of um readers of my site uh 
who had previously said to me that they use screen readers and when you use a screen reader it just reads out the text on site yeah. in this really monotonous robot voice and so like hearing erotica read aloud like that isn't really sexy yeah so those two things kind of came together in my mind and I thought well actually it wouldn't be that difficult to start turning some of my archive posts so some of the sort of the sexier posts basically yeah. just recording them as audio and putting them up free online so that people could come and come and have a listen yeah it's definitely sexier than the screen reading robot voice yeah it's definitely <laughs> and it is very very sexy so to any of my listeners that haven't listened they most definitely should because it is so like I've listened to it at work probably shouldn't but I've definitely <laughs> uh, yeah and and I've kind of been like at my desk like I'm not concentrating on work whatsoever, but I'm so engrossed in everything that you're saying. So thanks for that. Um <laughs> Oh, thank you. That means a lot. I'm delighted you like it. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Um so do you ever get like strange requests from people that listen to your audio porn or read your blog? Like any weird weird things from people? Oh, that's a good question. I do, I don't get nearly as many as I used to. Okay. When I was like an when I was like a newbie sex blogger, I would get a lot of emails from guys saying, "Oh, we should go on a date. Uh, you should come out with me. Um, you should come and suck my dick." Um, like just the sort of standard low level entitlement that you would expect, yeah. where men sort of think because you like sex, you will definitely have sex with them. Yeah. And then I used to get I'd I'd always say a sort of polite but firm no. Yeah. Um, and then I'd often get people coming back to me quite angry, like, but you're a slag. Why won't you shag wow, me? Wow, OK. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was not much fun. But I think I I don't get it as much as I used to. Yeah. I think because I now along like alongside writing the porn, I also write lots about feminism and yeah. about consent. Um, and I think maybe most of my blog readers who would previously have like asked me to shag them have now read at least a couple of posts on uh feminism and that's put them off a little bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but I do I, I do get I get some really nice emails like I've had emails from people asking for my advice about things yeah um which is always kind of flattering to receive although terrifying because I don't know how I don't think I'm particularly qualified to give advice yeah um but some of the nicest requests are things like you know, people will say, could you send me a signed book for my partner because they like your blog yeah, and yeah. they got me interested in it. So I thought I'd get them a signed copy for their birthday. And that always means a lot to me because yeah. it's like, ah, oh, people like my stuff. <laughs> That's always do. really nice to hear. Um, so I feel like um, like a lot of people don't don't feel that women can talk about sex as, as freely as we do and, and that um women can't just enjoy sex and be perverts as well um yeah yeah that's a big one yeah so what is your view on like as a woman why is it so important to you to be able to talk about it so freely oh yeah good question and it's it's a massive question as well because it sort of spans everything mm. like I feel I get this question a lot from um from men in particular, men in particular often ask me, where do I find women who like sex the way you do? Or where, you know, where are all the pervy women, basically? Yeah. You're telling me that women like sex and women can enjoy sex and, you know, women can uh, sort of have this kind of 
powerful animal lust in a way that we often seem to think only men can have. Um, And I get men asking me, well, where do I find these women then? And my answer is sort of comes from essentially, you know, the answer to your question, really, which is we've spent so much of our lives being told, no, you can't be sexual or if you're going to be sexual, you have to do it in exactly this way. Yeah. You know, you can be demure and a bit sexy, but if you actually have sex with the men that you like, then you're a slut. Yeah. Um, we've been taught to simultaneously um, dress for men in, you know, make yourself beautiful, make yourself attractive for men because that's what men want. And at the same time told, well, if you dress too slutty, then you are asking for it. Mm-hmm. Like we are given, women are given so many conflicting messages around sex and what we should be doing with our bodies that I think actually one of the things that is incredibly important if we're going to ever move away from this idea that you know men like sex and women like shoes and chocolate (laughs) um is to talk about these kind of powerful desires that we have yeah partly because if you show people just how powerfully women can desire sex then maybe they will get the message around consent and understand that you know coercion does not mean that you're going to have a good shag yeah. but also just partly because um oh, i forgot my second point <laughs> but partly because um we're also it allows us to explore ourselves a little bit more and we can kind of understand more about our sexuality where previously we'd have been having to sort of hide it even from ourselves mm. out because we're too scared of uh, having people tell us that we're slutty or wrong yeah, I I completely um agree with you there. Um, in terms of like, um, so in terms of like one of your favorite kinks, like what what would you say that 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 is, and when do you feel like you discovered that? Oh, it's a really it's a difficult question. What my favorite kink is because I've got loads. Okay, I think I kind of I go in cycles. Like, my favourite kink this week might be spanking, but then next week it might be uh, humiliation yeah. or blowjobs or um, splosh is a, is one that occasionally pops up. So splosh is where, like, um, uh, you basically it, writhing around in slime and mess and uh, custard and um, whipped cream, all that stuff, because it's quite a playful and fun one. Yeah, okay. Um, so I think... What at the mo so at the moment I have a bit of a kink for um use generally, so like being used yeah. or using someone else. Um the other day I agreed with my partner, he was getting really into a book and he doesn't really read books very often. Yeah. Um he was getting really into it and so I was like, Oh, what would be fun is if you just lie on the bed and read your book and just completely ignore me while I suck you to erection and then uh, ride your cock and yeah. get off on just kind of using your cock. Um, and so we did that, and that was quite fun. So while that's he was my still reading. At the moment. <laughs> but next week it might be something completely different. I think my kink is probably for just those moments when you find something new and you discover something new or someone tells you, they're like, oh, I've always wanted to do this. Do you want to do this with me? Yeah. And you get that feeling in your gut that's like oh something about that's really hot I really want to try that okay so I guess that's kind of (laughs) (laughs) that's cool um with like the custard 
and the whipped cream, how does that not just become very, very messy? Like, <laughs> well, well, uh, there are lots of different uh, things you can buy to prevent mess. There's a company called Sheets of San Francisco that yeah. makes these amazing, like, uh, basically they're just sheets that you can cover your bed with or you can lay on the floor. We normally put them on the floor okay. um, to save things dripping down the side of the bed. Um, but they're like, they're fluid proof. Yeah. And normally when you buy fluid proof sheets, they're made of like PVC or plastic or something like really sticky. So you just kind of stick to it and it doesn't feel very nice. But the ones that this company makes feel quite soft and mm. nice and tactile. So we have one of those and that's how we stop it all staying in the carpet. So I might have to invest in one of those. So I, I squirt a lot and before I got quite quite comfortable doing it, I didn't like doing it because of the mess because I'm just like, I constantly have to change my bed sheets or like get something for the carpet. So that's that's quite nice for me to know that there's something where I can just happily square and not have to think about my bed or having to yeah. flip a mattress over. Um, oh, yeah, okay. definitely. Well, I'll, um, I'll put you in touch with them if yeah, you like please. and see if they'll send you a freebie. Oh, yes, <laughs> they make really good stuff. Okay, that is awesome. Um, so your books. So you have two books out, is that right? Yes, yeah, yeah that's right. Um, could you give us like a little rundown on, on both of them? Yeah, sure. So book one, uh, which is called uh, My Not-So-Shameful Sex Secrets. I didn't pick the title for either of my books. <laughs> okay. um, they're both quite long titles, and so I struggle to remember them, which is really bad. <laughs> so book one uh, is called My Not-So-Shameful Sex Secrets, mm-hmm. and it is basically the book you'd expect a sex blogger to write about three years into her career. So yeah. I think, yeah, I've been blogging for three or four years when I wrote this. And it's basically a, a memoir of starting from the first time I had a wank all the way through to uh, when I met... Uh, a particular guy at the age of about 26 so yeah. it covers essentially I'm going to use the word sexcapades even yeah. though I don't yeah. normally yeah. like it but it basically covers all of my youthful sexcapades yeah. um, and then book two is called How a Bad Girl Fell in Love um, and it is about my current relationship and it's basically it's sort of a combination of memoir and a bit of um, political uh, ranting slash discussion about yeah. the way in which we see relationships, the expectations that we have of people, this idea that you know you're meant to you sort of to go through your life gradually working your way towards finding the one, yeah. and then you find the one, get married, get have married, children, stop love, having sex, yeah. and settle down forever. Um, so the second one is more about kind of challenging that view of, you know, why do we say people have to do this and why are we sort of trying to push people to fit into this one narrative for every single person on the planet when actually we're all different and we all want different things. And wouldn't it be incredibly weird if we did all end up in the same kind of relationship, given how different we are as people? Yeah. So, um, touching from that as well. So I tend to ask people what their opinion is on, um, monogamy. Because I feel like, I don't feel like we're supposed to be monogamous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's something that people have tried to do for so long. And for one reason or another, it's not been possible for people in a relationship. So like, what do you think of this ideal of monogamy in that we're supposed to be in like this marriage where you sleep with one person for the rest of your life and 
you're meant to be happy in that like yeah well I think it's yeah I think I mean I'm with you like monogamy as a as a system to say right well within humanity everyone should be monogamous and that's what we should all aspire to I think that's just complete bollocks um because apart from anything else you know people grow and change and the person that I am today is going to hopefully be vastly different to the person that I am in 20 years time and if my partner moves away from that and is a he'll also be a different person it may well be the case that we just don't want to be together in 20 years time and one of the things I hate most about this idea that you know we should stick with monogamy forever and you know it's the right model for everybody is that it doesn't seem to give people any room to say okay look I can have a relationship for say 10 years that's a brilliant relationship but then later in my life that might not be the right thing for me it's this no you've you've told us who you love and you have to stick to that forever and you can never change, never change your mind. Mm. Um, And I think that, I mean, I think that's ridiculous, but at the same time, I think monogamy does work well for some people. Um, I think probably what I would say is that particularly for um, younger people as they're starting out in their lives and they're beginning to sort of have sexual and romantic relationships it would be brilliant for them to see more different types of relationships modelled. Yeah. So in the in the mainstream on TV and films and in the press and stuff, it would be nice to be able to show people that monogamy isn't the only option. Yeah. There are loads of options. And for some people, monogamy might be brilliant, but it's definitely not going to work for everybody. Yeah. Um, and, you know... Why again? Why should it? We're all such different people. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be like if everybody decorated their houses the same way. Yeah, yeah. You'd just go, wait a minute, that's really weird. We're all so different. Yeah. Why do we have to do this all the same? I agree. Um, so yeah, I I think there are lots and lots of different models, and I would like to see a lot more representation of other types of relationship rather than just monogamy as this one thing that's yeah. held up as an ideal. Yeah, that's very cool. I agree. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is like trying to discover themselves sexually and um, either trying to find the right person to do it with um, or just just isn't too sure of what it is they're looking for or why it is they, they feel that they want to explore? Like, mm. oh, that's a, Yeah, that's a good question. It's, re- it's always hard to... Um recommend where people should start Mm. but I think I mean I personally I'm a huge fan of porn and erotica Mm -hmm. as a way to explore stuff um so I would say um obviously paying for your porn subscribing to like a porn site and paying for good content uh exploring the things that you like and kind of following different tracks and going down exploring maybe kinks that you never thought would be yours but you might be a bit curious about um and sort of get a feel for it that way um but in terms of meeting people um I mean I'm a massive fan of the internet (laughs) I think the internet has done more for like sex and romance than potentially anything else after the printing press yeah um so you know getting online meeting people talking to people and not putting any pressure on yourself. One of the things I see a lot um, when people, people who ask me for advice, one of the most common questions I'm asked basically boils down to how do I get laid or how do I find a partner? Yeah. Um, and actually, a lot of the time, what they've got is a really detailed checklist 
of every single thing they need. You know, this person needs to be uh, attractive. They need to be into all of my kinks. They need to share the same hobbies. They need to live within three miles of me or whatever. Um, And they've got this massively detailed list. And the detailed list doesn't really give them much room for exploration and kind of finding things out. So I think probably the advice I would give is to firstly sort of spend a lot of time thinking about what you really want and what your desires are, but then also give yourself room to explore that in a way that's friendly rather than, you know, keen to have a relationship immediately um, because it takes the pressure off a little bit. So rather than saying, well, my ideal partner has these 10 million qualities, you say, oh, well, this person online has a couple of the things I'm interested in maybe we can have a chat about it or maybe we can go for a drink without putting the pressure on anybody to, you know, fulfill all your kinks immediately or meet every single one of your criteria. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I say this as someone who is, I don't think I was ever particularly brilliant at dating, um, but I did date a lot of men who probably wouldn't have immediately pressed my buttons. Yeah. Um, but they had one or two things in their profile that I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. And then when we met for drinks, we really got on because we found out we had more in, com- in common. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Um, BDSM. Yes. So um, I just kind of want to know everything. <laughs> um, so I, I, I've experimented a bit in it but not overly and I don't know how open people are to the idea of it or or fully understand what it includes and um yeah so just just everything that you can share on BDSM basically okay uh do you do you mind sharing the kind of things you've experimented with um no that's fine so mine has mainly been like spanking choking um being tied up um I think that that might be it being blindfolded oh okay yeah yeah so I think yeah okay so that's great I basically I just wanted to get an idea for like as a good jumping off point to start off with because I think um that's a great like uh range of stuff and I think probably like um I would usually say or for well for me at least I started uh, getting interested in BDSM with very similar things. So spanking, getting tied up, tying someone else up, all of that kind of stuff. Um, And I think with, particularly with bondage, um, it's now become, I think, a lot more mainstream for people to talk about it and for people to be able to say, actually, yeah, I'm kind of into this. Like the last five years, I think there's been a big um, jump in understanding of you know, I keep saying mainstream. Basically, what I mean is sort of the average person on the street yeah. probably now understands a bit more about what BDSM means than they would have done 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, BDSM essentially encompasses so much stuff, like everything from a guy grabbing my hair really strongly and pulling me towards him for a snog to, you know, a full-on scene where I get flogged and beaten and humiliated and spat on and all that lovely stuff um the key thing i think with bdsm is that it's always got to be um 
based on a foundation of consent and understanding of the other person. Yeah. When other people talk about BDSM, often the focus, or I often hear the focus is, well, you have to have a safe word. And I think one of the most common misconceptions about BDSM is that if you've got a safe word, it's fine to do anything you want because you've got a safe word and someone can use it. While I think it is important to have a safe word if you're playing with someone new or for the first time, actually the most important thing is to ensure that you communicate well with each other. So long before you know anyone is getting spanked, uh, you're having conversations. You know what's the, what is this? Uh, what's the kind of thing you like? Oh, you want me to spank you? Okay. How hard do you want me to spank you? Yeah. Do you like it with implements or not? Do you like a warm up or not? And just sort of essentially incul- uh, encouraging a culture of really good communication yeah. in within the relationship that you're doing BDSM in. Yeah. And once you've got that foundation and you've got you've built that kind of communication and trust together. I think then it's uh, essentially having that culture of communication gives you the freedom to be able to explore almost anything, you know, as long as it's reasonably safe within BDSM, because then you know, okay, well, I know how to say no to this. I know that this person recognizes when I'm struggling or this person, you know, will will stop or give me an out or whatever. Um, So to me, BDSM is essentially anything that involves... um, something anything that involves an act which might be seen as violent from the outside but which you have someone's consent to do um and it kind of gives you the freedom to play with the stuff that we otherwise you know wouldn't want to do with someone yeah i'm not sure if i've i'm not sure if i've summed it up very well there yeah um Um, (laughs) what's your favorite act in bdsm Um, if you have a favorite I'm not sure if my favourite is probably a bit too extreme or explicit. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> Can you say so any, Like, I'll are you comfortable this... to say? So I'm going to trigger warning this okay. because essentially, so trigger warning for consent and uh, discussion of sexual assault. Okay. Um, I enjoy uh, what is called in the BDSM scene consensual non-consent, okay. which essentially means uh, uh, someone who has consented to playing a scene where it looks like they don't consent. So this is the kind of scene really where you want a safe word like red, because if someone is saying, no, stop, but that might be part of the play, you don't want any confusion about that. So I quite enjoy scenes that are like that, uh, or scenes where I am uh, degraded to the point where uh, I'm either not allowed to speak or I don't really speak in the scene, so sort of being used, that kind of thing. And within that, there's so many different like BDSM acts. So like, it might involve a bit of spanking. It might involve uh, getting spat on. That's quite okay. maybe quite extreme, but I enjoy that as well. Okay. Um, uh, but it also might involve things like um, uh, face fucking or um, like uh, being pinned down is another one. Yeah. Um, so I guess I kind of when when you ask about which BDSM act, yeah. I think what I think I'd be more likely to go for the atmosphere. Like okay. this is the kind of atmosphere that I'm aiming for. Okay. And then within that, there'd be quite a few different acts that go alongside it. Okay. Does and that then, make sense? Yeah. A lot of sense, but like, I want to dig a bit deeper and, and always ask like why, like 
why those acts are your your favorite like <sighs> do you know this is a question I've asked myself so much and I don't know. I There's a kind of, the pop psychology answer, I think, the pop psychology answer would say, well, I am a very strong woman in my everyday life yeah. and so maybe to let my hair down, I like to be a mu- much lower status, you know, be submissive and sort yeah. of let go. I don't think that's really true. Yeah. I would, I feel like it's just something that ever since I've been young, like from since long before I started like masturbating or having sex I've always found something sexual in the idea of being uh worthless I guess like treated as useless or worthless or um punished for not being good enough and I'm sure there will be like uh people who could like analyze that from a psychological perspective and come up with some really terrible conclusions about me um, but I think that's kind of one of the nice things about uh, sex and especially sex with someone that you love and trust mm-hmm. is you can play with these dynamics that in real life would be, you know, abhorrent and frightening and horrific yeah. and obviously that you would never want to happen to you. Yeah. But you can role play these things in a place of safety where you can, you know, say red and stop mm-hmm. if things are getting too much where you're doing it with someone who you know loves you and so wouldn't ever think you were worthless all that kind of stuff um so I think I yeah I think I like it because (laughs) part of part of me likes it because it's a sort of a fun exploratory playful thing yeah another part of me likes it just because it makes my cunt wet yeah like is that (laughs) often my answer to that question of why do I like this it's like ah just yeah it turns me on okay it's yeah okay but it's so but it's a really interesting question and I think I would encourage all of your listeners to go and explore that question about their like most intense kinks or most intense sexual desires I think it's a fascinating question to explore yeah. for anyone like why do I like this what are the specific details about it that I like like uh, when I fantasize about this, what specific words does the person doing it to me use? Like that in and of itself, I think, is is one of the greatest joys of sex blogging yeah. is you can really examine in detail. Why is this hot? Why does this turn me on? Um, and it's just a really fun, fun exploration of the sort of darker bits of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So like I found that I really like um, positive affirmation. So if I'm being told that I'm I'm doing like a good job or things like that, like that really, really turns me on. Oh, um, great. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so I don't know if I've ever like thought why exactly, but there is definitely something about being told that I'm like giving head well or, or I'm taking dick well. Just something about that really, really does it for me. Yeah, um, I can totally see that. I can totally see that um that is really hot and also it's a nice um uh it's yeah it's a really nice like clear thing for someone to be able to just go oh that's really good I would like for more people to be more vocal in bed and be able to go that's so good you're brilliant at that yeah I definitely definitely like that um 
Yeah, I feel like I've, I've possibly asked everything that I have planned to. Like, this has been amazing. And again, thank you so much for joining me. Um, oh, thank you for having me on. It's no, been great. Of, of course. Um, so where can people can people find your blog and your books and audio porn and, and you as well on social? So uh, my blog is at girlonthenet.com. Uh, if you want to hear some of the audio porn, that's girlonthenet.com slash audio porn, because mm-hmm. I'm very imaginative. Uh, and <laughs> uh, you'll also find me on Twitter at girlonthenet or on Facebook slash girlonthenet. Amazing. Thank you again so much for joining me. I'm not going to take up much more of your afternoon because I feel like there's a toy that you really want to try. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. It's been great to, great to have a chat. Thank you. And um, we will catch up again, hopefully, in the near future. Yeah, definitely. And I also, let, I'm going to drop you an email with the um, with a link to the Sheets of San Francisco. Oh, yeah, that'd be thing. amazing. He occasionally, I mean, he's, yeah, he basically, he might, he might um, be able to send out like a free one if you yeah, want to try one out. That'd be cool. <laughs> that, well, I definitely need to because I can't keep changing my bed sheets. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that would be great. Thank you again so much. No problem. All right, no problem. Then. All right. Bye. Bye. Can you hear this? <laughs> Wait. 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 Okay, so first of all, I'm not using it in the studio. Um, I'm. I feel like some of you would probably like that. Oh my god, off. Um, but it's review time. So this week's toy is from PeepshowToys.com, and they sent me a very nice blush nocturnal bullet. Um, and this is great because I've never had a bullet before. Although I've had one used on me, but I've never owned one. It's kind of cool to have my own. So to give you guys a bit of context, it's like, no, we'll start from the beginning. So the packaging. So it came in a very small white box, um, which is great because all, all of my packages need to be discreet for where they're being delivered to. So you can order any toy to anywhere and most of them come in dis- uh, discreet packaging. Um, easy to use. So you need to charge it for a for about two hours to get up to 45 minutes of playtime. I did not play this for 45 minutes because my clip was dying. Um, and yeah, so give it a charge, give it a clean as well. Hygiene is always key. And, and that's with all without toys. Like women, we know how our pussies are very sensitive. So even if you're with a guy as well, don't feel any way to ask him to just go and like wash his hands first. You don't know where he's been. Um, and for us as well, like, might be out late, come home, mad horny, just wash your hands real quick before touching your pussy. Okay, hygiene bit done. So I got this in cherry colour. So it has about four different colours. Um, Like I said before, it's very easy to use. You turn it on at the bottom. You turn it on at the bottom and it has a plus and a minus and then you, you can kind of flick through um the different settings as you would have heard from before so there are 10 different settings five different vibrations and five different patterns so depending on what you fancy the best thing that I would say is to like flick through them which is what I did flick through them and then decide which one I liked the best so I do have a favorite for this um so 
with the bullet, it has like a flat edge, which is great to put like directly on your clip. Um, and then because it's inspired to look as a look like a lipstick, um, there's like this bit at the top which you can honestly put directly on your clip or on your partner's clip. They'll die. You'll die. Like I'm not e- even gonna lie, right? It's it's a great toy, but I died. So I had to use it twice, right? Twice because the first time I was just like, what the hell's going on? And I can take most shit. Like I can take it. Pussy can take it. My click can take it. I legit died. So I had to use it a second time to kind of go easy at it. Um. So yeah, the vibrations are great. It's also waterproof. So if you ever want to use it in the bath, that's also an option. Um. And, and it made me squirt. So I was talking about squirting with Girl on the Net. I can't believe she was on my podcast. Um, yeah, and this one most definitely is a squirter. So if if you do squirt before, before, if you do squirt or haven't squirted before, maybe give this a try. Put it directly on your clip. Also, guys, right, I was thinking, oh, if you're... <laughs> in a relationship or dating someone where you guys are open don't don't feel embarrassed to just buy a surprise sex toy like if she's into it consent is everything but like and vice versa but like if if this is something that you've kind of talked about or touched around just buy a sex toy go to a shop together buy a sex toy try it out I promise you if she's into sex toys and you pull it out, she's going to be like, she, like, she, she's going to be so, so happy. So definitely do that. Also, ladies, you can try a sex toy on a guy as well. Like, it's not just for us. It will just, better sex. I, I just want everyone to have good sex. That's the whole point of this fucking podcast. So yes, this toy from Peep Show was um incredible. Um. I'm kind of glad that I own my own bullet. Also, because it's quite small, I can take it around with me. So all of my toys have been quite big. So they're like for home use. So having something that I can kind of take with me if I travel, mainly if I travel, since I travel quite a lot, it's kind of nice to know that I can kind of slip this in my bag. And if I need it, I can slip it on my clip. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there. Um, also, so I'm adding something new to um, review time. So I'm adding climax time. So this took me two minutes and 52 seconds to climax. So I didn't um, time the last toy that I reviewed, but for all of the other toys that I'm going to be doing in the future, I will be letting you know how long it takes me to reach climax. And um, yeah. So guys, if you have any questions about this toy, let me know. Um, That's, as I said, that's from peepshowtoys.com and they have been amazing and given all of my listeners 10% discount. So check out their site um, and the discount is JTT10 um, for discount on this. Also, so you know, it's an American um, site, but they do deliver to Europe, Australia, New Zealand and Japan all you have to do is just change the currency tab at the top um and then I'm also going to be introducing tweet the tip which I'm going to try and do every Tuesday 
but don't hold me to that because honestly our girl is tired and she's doing everything by herself so yes that was that was this week's episode let me know what you thought tweet the tip um tweet me use the hashtag jtt pod i forgot to say that at the start i was in fangirl mode obviously um yeah so next one the next episode is gonna be another saucy one with a new toy to review and um yeah hopefully i won't be sick again because honestly this is exhausting um yeah thanks for listening guys it's put that thing away you're gonna get us all killed the size of that thing i can't it's too big sorry sweetheart i haven't got time for anything else i know you wanna i know you wanna i know you wanna